0: Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is time for some pop culture stuff this week because, as promised, on last week's solo review podcast, we're going to be talking a bit of wrestling. The Money in the Bank podcast is this week. And one of my favorite pod, er, uh, pay-per-views of the year is the Money in the Bank podcast. I think it should be one of the big four. I think we can get SummerSlam the heck out of here. That one's kind of a lame one. But Money in the Bank is kind of weird because it's kind of the one where you set up your storytelling as opposed to, you know, finish telling stories because we've got 16 of our top people competing in ladder matches but that's neither here nor there anyway here we are talking about the money in the bank podcast or money in the bank pay-per-view sorry joining me today our first american guest ever if you don't count when people do picks for us and send in nice videos uh bj mendelson how's it going bj
1: it's going well. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Oh, no problem. Thank you very much for volunteering. <laughs> we, we all love <laughs> volunteers on, on the Crossover Podcast. Also joining Happy... us today, forming out the last part of the NWO trio for this podcast, is our resident wrestling expert, uh, Mac. How's it going, Mac? Good, man. How are you guys? Not doing too bad. Great. So, Money in the Bank. Actually, you know what? Before we get to Money in the Bank, because this podcast or this pay per view—I keep saying podcast. What have I been drinking? Um, because this pay per view is taking place in Chicago, and because sorry. yeah, kind of sort—it's in like Rosemont or something. I believe. Yeah,
1: it's it's over by the airport. It's not actually in Chicago. It's a good almost an hour out.
0: They've got it billed as Chicago, though. I'm pretty sure on, yeah. on like the posters and all of the uh, graphics for the shows and whatnot.
1: They do that for WrestleMania also when it's in New York. Like, it's not really in New York. It's in the Netherlands. Oh, okay. Uh, So it's like pretend New York. It's actually in Jersey.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so you'd know more about that. (laughs) You'd you'd know better. That's probably like around here. Like, I guess the Toronto version of that would be, or the Canada version of that would be like, we're in Toronto. Actually, you're in Mississauga. Um, (laughs) But but because this is in, quote-unquote, Chicago, and because he just lost his pay-per-view fight, in rather spectacular fashion on the ufc let's get all the cm punk talk out right now and and just just let's get it out of our system because i don't want to be fantasy booking cm punk into any of these matches as much as i love the guy and i would like to see him come back let's start with you bj do you think cm punk will ever return to the wwe
1: uh, not, not as a wrestler I, I think he's going to have one more UFC bout probably as a prelim on TV now that they've signed that that big multi-million dollar deal of ESPN uh, so I think he's got one more to go before that that whole saga is over uh, it would surprise me to see him go in as a Hall of Famer someday but I think as a wrestler you know he, he's 40 uh, he definitely looks 40 and uh, I, I just think that this is, this is sort of the end of the road for him as a active athlete
0: Mac what about you?
2: yeah it's it's hard to argue against uh father time and cm punk um i i think his wwe you know maybe if he does like a a Bret hart or other guys that we've seen that uh, reconcile you know later in life once they've sort of cooled down you know (laughs) um that would be awesome you know it's not completely impossible as an active wrestler i agree and uh i would love to see him go to the you know, maybe another Fed or something. You know what I mean? Like, he hates WWE. Why doesn't he go wrestle in in, in Japan or, like, I don't know, Europe or something?
0: <laughs> that seems to be the most popular fantasy book is him and Kenny Omega over there in, in Japan just doing crazy crap because they just had New Dominion this weekend, which was quite spectacular, <laughs> according to most. Yeah.
1: I heard it was a great show. And, you know, it would surprise me if he showed up in New Japan. They seem to be uh, – they have all that Mark Cuban money. And uh, they seem to be pushing very hard into establishing some kind of beachhead in the U.S. So, uh, given that ROH is about to have a show at Madison Square Garden, and they work a lot with New Japan, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he did pop up uh, in some capacity, maybe to hype the MSG show, or maybe to do something uh, over there as a one-off. I think it's an excellent point. Yeah,
0: a lot of rumors about him being at the all-in pay-per-view that they're... uh Setting up. Boy, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Can't wait for that. Oh that's, baby. <laughs> that's a that's an indie indie wrestling fans dream. Like just wet dream right there. That that all-in pay-per-view. Um, anyway, money in the bank this weekend. Ten matches. It was originally eleven. I'm pretty sure they announced and have for whatever reason removed the Matt Hardy. Like, I'm pretty sure Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, the leaders of worlds, were supposed to take on the B team.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, they did announce that, uh, I think, last week after the Battle Royal, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they've since taken that off the card, because it's not on their Wikipedia. It's not on WWE.com. It's not on any of that. And they kept saying 11 matches, and now all of a sudden they're saying 10 matches. So I, I'm fairly certain that that was scheduled to be on this pay-per-view and they have decided to not do that i don't know if it was for time reasons or maybe somebody got hurt and we don't know about it but uh here we are not on the pay-per-view so we have 10 matches to talk about only one pre-show match so let's start with the pre-show and then we'll work our way up and as always with when we talk wrestling and whatnot on the crossover podcast we will of course go over the betting odds that exist for these matches uh, again, don't know why you can bet on something that has predetermined outcome, but here we are, <laughs> and we will go. So, one pre-show match: the Bludge <clears throat> Ooh, coming down three, two, one. The Bludgeon Brothers in English, Harper and Rowan, the champions, are going up against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson on the pre-show for the SmackDown Tag Team t- uh, titles. The Bludgeon Brothers are a minus seven fifty. <laughs> to retain whereas gallows and anderson are plus 450 um i don't have anything to add to this other than i think the bludgeon brothers are going to win because for whatever reason the wwe seems rather high on the bludgeon brothers uh i don't know bj anything to add to this one
1: yeah you know i i'm convinced we'll probably get like ruby riot and bailey or some variation of that on yeah, the pre-show. yeah they're as gonna well. throw
0: some ladies match on the pre-show right yeah
1: uh, which is too bad, because they're both, they're both great. I'm, I'm pretty big on Ruby Riot, and uh, I feel like having them on the pre-show is kind of a waste. But yeah, I don't get the whole thing with the Bludgeon Brothers. I, it, to me, it's like, if you're going to put them back together, just do the Wyatt family, uh, and do a more long-form story, as opposed to like this weird side thing. Um, I've, I've never really been big on them as a team, so you know I, I'm definitely hoping they do something with Gallows and Anderson finally because they've they've mostly floundered their entire time in the WWE so far
0: <clears throat> Mac your opinion on this match
2: um I don't dislike the bludgeon brothers I've liked them ever since I saw uh, Luke Harper and at an at, 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 at a chikara show uh, they they've been a little stale and Gallows and Anderson are kind of they 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 weren't taken seriously enough, right? You take these two guys that were pretty badass in Japan, and they were kind of, you know, kind of like cheap, cheap villains, like you know the first you know, your first fight in like DBZ, the guys that end up not being very good, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're are so the I, generic white dude villains in in Japan, right? Where they just come in and they hit people with chairs, and they're just like we're evil and nefarious, and we're the foreign guys around here and, and stuff like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh man, I, I really miss What's them it? going around doing two sweets and stuff like that. I just I I I don't know. I really wish they'd give it, those guys a shot.
2: You know what? What if this can you get them on a really good trajectory? That would be good, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: No, I don't I don't think and apparently the people <laughs> at 5dimes.com agree with you as well cuz the Bludgeon Brothers are minus 7.50 to win this match. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I, I like Harper and Rowan on their own. It's just yeah. the Bludgeon Brothers gimmick is just Oh, it's trash! I said this last time you and I <laughs> were on Mac. Was that it, it, it? They look like the Hammer Brothers would look in the shitty Bob Hoskins Super Mario Brothers movie, right? <laughs> like it's just <laughs> God, it's, it's so bad. It's good. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. But uh... yeah, if they just had a different gimmick, I would be so on board with this. But just yeah. going up there with the big hammers makes no sense to me.
1: They, I mean, both of them agree athletes and uh i think certainly we, we saw what happened when they were separated with a uh, big red and, and that didn't work out so well for poor eric rowan but yeah i i would love to see them do anything but whatever their current character is and there's that's nothing to say that trash gimmicks can be you know awful because sometimes trash gimmicks are great uh you know I, like for example i was a big fan of ddp as a stalker because uh, i thought <laughs> you know like that's a trash gimmick for DDP. But at the same time, it gave him something that was new. And a lot, I mean, if we're being honest, a lot of people that watched WWE did not watch WCW. So, uh, you know, they didn't really know him as this guy with like the Nirvana ripoff song and being a man of the people. So it was it was something unique to sell him. But the Bludgeon Brothers, I just don't, it, it seems like something that belonged back when we had Mantar. And, uh, the Portuguese... Yeah, the Portuguese man of war and, like, characters like that, like, they just seem like they're 25 years too late on this character. <clears throat>
2: That's fair. That's fair. It's too much, like, it, like... It's like, a, it's like they're trying too hard. Don't you get it? These guys are big. They're evil. They smash. Yeah, it's... It, I agree. A little too much.
0: It's funny that you brought up DD, the DDP stalker gimmick, because I was thinking the other day, for some reason... Um, the WWE is really bad at doing unmasking moments, and that yeah. that was one of them, right? Like, and the, the obvious other one was, it's me, Austin, right? Yeah. Like There was that one, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, they've never really had a good unmasking moment. And DDP had the greatest unmasking moment of all time, but it was unfortunately on, well, not unfortunately, but unfortunately for WWE, it was on SmackDown, or SmackDown, WCW. When he pretended to be Laparca that one time, and then right. and then tricked a, got like tricked Randy Savage, and then pinned him like that was the best thing ever because nobody saw that coming at the time. Oh, that was great. Yeah,
1: that's no, no, that's AP. what the, that's what made WWE interesting. I mean, that was they they really for for as much of the revisionist history of them shitting the bed uh, that <laughs> we get, because you know, that's what we get all today is WWE sucks, but. There were moments where they they legitimately went out of the way to surprise the audience, and that was that's definitely one of them and a great example of uh, how to do how to do an unmasking the right way, as opposed to WWE, which is <laughs> typically like WWE will look at a great stereo and be like, okay, how can we fuck this up? Uh, and that's like we'll you know, we'll talk about one of those matches on the card also, which is Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn. But I, I tend to feel like they they tend to drop the ball, and it almost seems deliberate just to see how bad it can get.
0: Yeah. I have some hot takes on that (laughs) feud when we get to it. Um, But before we get to that, let's let's work our way from the bottom up. So according to Wikipedia, the first match on the card will potentially be Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. And the current odds on this are Daniel Bryan minus 150 and Big Cass plus 110. So a little closer. Could go either way on this one. Storytelling-wise for me... I think Big Cass needs a win here. Just because if they're going to do anything with Big Cass, he can't have lost to Daniel Bryan, I think, three, four times in a row. You can't be a monster seven-foot-tall guy if you keep losing to Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan doesn't need Ws. He's over forever you know like like wins or losses do not matter in in the Daniel Bryan camp because the fans are never going to turn on him so if he loses to Big Cass even if there's some sort of shenanigans involved which there should be I just I think it's better for them telling stories with Big Cass going forward if he gets a W here what say you Mac
2: Yeah you, I agree with you there he's he's got to do something there almost certainly will be shenanigans because they still really want to protect Daniel Bryan Mm -hmm. you know he can't have him uh well you know what if if big Cass was bet like in my opinion I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of big Cass, especially his ring work like he, he he's big and intimidating but he was always a character guy he was never a let's have a really entertaining match guy so if if he can somehow get some get some of that juju he had, you know, where he was an entertaining character. I mean, obviously now it's minus Mr. Rape Man, or Enzo, or whatever his name is. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Mr. Bad...
0: Allegedly. Yeah, I don't want to get sued.
2: I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Allegedly, right. Mr. Bad Rapper. Can we agree with that?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um...
0: That cannot be debated. No, he is a bad rapper. Good.
2: Good. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'd be fine with, with Brian putting him over. And Brian I think would be willing to do it. Because Brian, you know, he's the guy who I think would do that, you know, get some something something better, you know, out of that feud than just, oh Brian wins do 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 BJ thoughts I
1: think on that Yeah, no, I was just thinking uh like the joke that I've heard with, with Big Cass is that he's test with hair. Uh, mm-hmm. and for ah. people who don't you know, people who don't remember tests, like he was another like generic big guy who good was also yeah, yeah. He, he was, I mean, he probably just didn't get the push or character that he probably should have had to work with, but he was already, like, he had fitting hair very early on, so uh, Big cast is just like a, a new version of that. Uh I'm not, I'm not a Big cast guy. I think taking Enzo away from him, regardless of, you know, what happened, uh, he was cleared for whatever that's worth, but that, that could just easily mean, you know, someone got paid off. Uh I think taking taking Enzo out of the picture really took something from Big Cass. You know, there was a dimension that was lost where uh he was like this goofy guy in NXT where he would drop like a Hey Arnold reference and people would love it, but now you can tell he's he's a victim of like this overproduction that WWE sometimes does or where you know they're not letting him sort of be himself. Uh, and I think that because of that he just doesn't connect with the audience at all. I don't mind Daniel Bryan losing to him. I think you're right like Brian could lose forever, and uh, as long as he wins, like the one big one, we'll we we'll be good with it. Uh, I just don't. There's certain characters that I just don't see the point, other than just to fill time. Like clearly, they have no plans for them. Uh, they're just sort of there because they look impressive. You know, like the, we were talking about the Bludgeon Brothers. I think Big Cass is another one where you know he it's you're just eating time with this guy. I, I don't really see them ever pulling the trigger. I hope I'm wrong, but. Uh, yeah, I just, th- this is one of those throwaway matches to me.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, it could go either like, I just, I just think there's more wrongdoing if, if Brian wins this clean as opposed to, to big Cass Cause like if, it, cause then to me, you might as well just release big Cass cause you're not going to do anything with them, Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. And it just sucks because he did have you're, you're right like he did have a little bit of heat and he was connecting I think a little bit with the audience um, when he was beating up Enzo and breaking up that tag team because people friggin love that tag team and he had right. a little bit of heat and then he just when he tore his knee that he lost all that heat right and it's just it's unfortunate and I and that's one of the reasons I don't I don't want to see Big Cass just kind of fall by the wayside here because I don't want him to become another one of those WWE guys who had something going and then got hurt and just disappeared, right? I just... I don't want him to fall under that pile. Now, you mentioned thinning hair, which reminded me. <laughs> Baron Corbin shaved his head on Monday. Thank <laughs> you, Yay! good sir. We are ready for you to be a character now. I am I am ready for Baron <laughs> Corbin to be awesome now. I hated him for years because like the Lone Wolf gimmick, the outfit was terrible, and then his finisher is silly looking to me. And... When he walked out there and he got buried in the... When he cashed in the money in the bank, he got buried when Jinder Mahal rolled him up and pinned him. And then it's just... The thing I kept saying was, this guy's career is never going to take off until he shaves off. That... Like, because he has long hair, but the hair, like, stops, starts on the top of his head. Like, like it's just... Oh, <laughs> it so bad. And then he finally shaved his head. And I just kept saying, like, Baron Corbin's not going to take off until he shaves his head and grows a goatee. And he finally sure. shaved his head, and he looks so awesome as... With the constable or whatever the hell he was calling himself on Monday, and I'm just I'm ready for Baron Corbin's career to take off now. I really am.
1: You know, I, I feel like they, they missed an the opportunity with with him where in NXT his whole thing was uh, I, I beat up the guys that you like, like I beat up the guys that are popular on the internet, and I've always wanted to see them go all the way with that, where they would just show backstage footage of Baron Corbin on Reddit, uh, just like sitting there shit talking other pro wrestling fans and just have it, just go all in with that kind of character. And they never quite, they never quite went all the way and said, you're right. He came up and he was sort of middling and, uh, they didn't really do too much with him and they lost him the hall. So I, I hope that they, this is sort of something I was a fan of the lone wolf gimmick. I thought it could work as long as they leaned into it a bit more. And, uh, for whatever reason they didn't, but you know, him making fun of Kurt Angle or, or sort of being like Kurt Angle's funky, I think that has a lot of fun potentials to it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly like, I, I was ready for Baron Corbin to go away, and then he shaved his head, and I'm like, I'm ready for Baron Corbin to be <laughs> WWE champion now. I'm ready for him to dethrone Brock Lesnar. So, yeah. Good, Whoa. good, good on you, Baron Corbin. I'm not tomorrow. <laughs> Matt, come on, build to it. That's ridiculous. Um, speaking of great builds, um, sometimes in this business of watching wrestling and, and being in wrestling, I think the second two guys look at each other in the ring and you, you just know that the second these two guys are staring at each other, you're, you're in for a great time as long as these two guys are staring and fighting at each other. Uh, the last time I felt this ba- this particularly good, I think, was when the Shield had that face-off with the, with the Wyatt family when that happened yeah. on Raw. That was just a great moment. I felt the exact same way when Seth Rollins and Elias were staring at each other because I loved those guys so much. And then when they were staring at each other, I was like, oh my god, I did not realize how badly I needed this in my life. Uh, The Intercontinental Championship match, Seth Rollins defends against Elias. Um, What are the odds on this one? Let me... Um, Seth Rollins minus 675 Elias plus 425 so the good people at five dimes not ready to give Elias the push with the the intercontinental title even though I think he'd look pretty sweet doing his his gimmick with the the guitar blocking the intercontinental title around his waist I think that'd be a lot of fun but uh, I could go either way on this one because it depends on what story they want to tell down the line and I think this feud will continue what do you think BJ?
1: Oh, uh, I said something I, a couple weeks ago when he opened RAW, and it was something like, uh, "It's on the band with the wind in my fist and a guitar across my chest." Or it was something along those lines. I'm like, "Holy shit, this guy is!" I didn't get it in NXT when he was the Drifter, but I see it now. Like he's opening a show and he's got like these just beautifully written lines, and I'm like, "This dude is ready. You need to you need to pull the trigger on him now." And I know that Seth Rollins is obviously probably on the best he's a lot like Jacob Gram right now in the Mets, right? Like he, he's probably having a Ooh, career a reference. <laughs> year. Yeah, I mean I'm a big Mets fan, so it's not often I get to talk about them in a positive light. Yeah. Uh pitcher
0: wins man stupid right? stat. People still believe in pitcher yeah. wins. What are you gonna do? That's
1: it's very true. Uh but so he's like Seth Rollins to me where I feel like he's ready to he's ready for something more and I think Rollins is ready to to go up against Lesnar and, and have a great world title run. I think Elias Yo, if you wait too long, you might have a like a Braun Strowman situation where Strowman was red hot, and and now he's starting to cool off a bit. I, I think now is really the time to do something with Elias.
0: That's you know what? Now that you've said that out loud, Elias really should win this match. I think because Elias could use that extra boost from the Intercontinental Title. Seth Rollins is exactly like Daniel Bryan, where he's over forever, and he could lose the Intercontinental Title, and you know, be feuding with. Brock Lesnar the next day on Raw, like nobody would care, right? Like, like they like he could just move on, or it could be him and Roman Reigns doing some sort of, you know, number one contender match. But uh, man, they're so high on Rollins right now, and with the belt, I mean, with good reason. He's Seth freaking Rollins, and uh, with the belt, just with the Universal title, just not on television, they they've really got Rollins carrying it. But. Yeah, I completely agree. I want to see Elias go over in this matchup and and come up with the bell. What about you, Mac? Thoughts on Rollins-Elias? <clears throat>
2: I don't see how you can have
0: Rollins lose clean. Because, like you said, he's Seth freaking Rollins. Oh, God, I mean, no. There's definitely I... got to be shenanigans in in, uh, in Elias' win, but but continue.
2: Oh, yeah. like If, if Elias can get some sort of devilish uh, and uh, underhand, dirty underhanded win out of this and just put the wind more on his sails... Oh yeah that would, that would be amazing. I'm really looking forward to this because I know Seth Rollins can work well like that he could be he can do either right he can be the guy doing the dirty underhanded win he can be the guy falling into that trap so I, I'm excited to see how they're gonna do it. The worst case is like oh Seth Rollins' wrestles him well no shit I didn't I, I know he could do that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the from a from a work from a work rate standpoint, I don't know if this will be a great match. I hope it is because Elias is better than people give him credit for. But uh, I, I think this will match will have some great spots, and and if Eli, if they let Elias do his guitar playing thing before the match, I think that'll probably be one of the more entertaining moments of the pay per view. Oh yeah. yeah, Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Here we go. Oh. Um, Bobby Lashley, minus 590, <laughs> according to five times. Sami Zayn, plus 390. Um, I have never been a Bobby Lashley fan, even going back to the, his initial run in WWE. I think his best run in as a wrestler was as a heel when he was in TNA. I think that yes. was when, when he was the most entertaining. He should be working heel in the WWE, in my opinion. They should have him working heel versus Braun Strowman, in my opinion, because I would love to see Braun work face in a match where the other guy you could look at him and be like, "Yeah, this guy could beat Braun, right?" Because Bobby Lashley is obviously yoked as hell, and if you put if you stand him next to Braun, you're not going to go, "Hey, Bobby Lashley doesn't look like he can't take Braun Strowman, right?" And that's what that's what I wish. I I don't wish Bobby Lashley to be working face. And doing obstacle courses and cringeworthy interviews with, uh, God, I can't remember, who was it, Renee Young or whatever, talking about his sisters and stuff, and Sami Zayn, God bless him, putting in Yeoman's work, trying to make this yeah. goddamn thing work, and for all his effort, uh, I, I don't think he's going to be rewarded with a win, <laughs> I think Lashley goes over clean, and I think this is probably one of the shorter matches on, on the pay-per-view, what do you think, VJ uh,
1: uh, look, I'm a, I'm a Bobby Lashley guy. I'm an Impact Wrestling guy. Uh, so I, I've been trying to wrap my head around this where clearly WWE has no problem taking characters that work like you were seeing that right now of EC3. Uh, although they kind of came up with like a bullshitty explanation for what EC3 stands for because they didn't want to get into the history. Uh, so we've, see, we've seen that they have no problem saying, alright, that works, Impact, let's do it here. Uh, well, maybe Bobby Roode's a counter example, but with Lashley, I'm like, all right, just get someone to talk for the guy. He he is very charismatic, but there's something with him that just doesn't connect on the mic. Uh, what's MVP doing these days? <laughs> like, you mean to tell me uh, you can't get MVP or other members of the Beatdown Club for cheap uh, to come out with Bobby Lashley and let them you know be his flunkies and be the mouthpiece? I really think without that in his presentation, he, he's he's a very generic uh what's the they used to call them like white meat baby faces did you, ever, did you ever hear that term i have not actually okay so like wait so that's going back to like the 60s 70s and 80s with wrestling where uh it's just it's a good looking dude who is you know popular with the ladies little kids want to be them uh but they're really bland like that's all they got going for them is that they've got their good luck and bobby lashley without MVP doing the talking for him, it is all white me, baby face. I feel like I really hope this is the match that they pull the rug out from under us and maybe, you know, maybe there's a double turn or maybe there's just something that goes down that we see Lashley uh, just cut loose. And you know, he maybe he comes out, he's like, This this isn't working, we're gonna do things my way now, or just something. But as it stands right now, I think you're right. This is gonna be a real short match and it's too bad because Sami Zayn
2: definitely deserves
1: better.
0: Mac, your opinion on Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn.
2: <clears throat> okay, I like Bobby Lashley. And I think he actually has a sense of humor and, and likes the goofy shit. Like, do you remember when he came out and was like, your name is Finley and you're a bastard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs>
0: Boy, that's a deep cut.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people are like, oh, that's so dumb. I'm like, that's hilarious. Like, <laughs> I don't need this monster you know, super badass dude just always always being the white meat baby face. You know, I, I want to see it, I like to see it get goofy, and I like to see people have that, you know, uh, sense of humor about themselves. Zayn obviously does. So, like, Zayn and Lashley, give them something kind of goofy to work at, and, and, and Zayn could do it, and you know, done that way, this could be really good. And, you know, just to have Bobby Lashley just slam the shit out of Zayn, and, and Zayn work you know, really well uh, putting them over as a powerhouse, you know, that could always work okay, too. But I hope that's not what we get. I hope we get, you know, just like the shit leading up to this, with like, you know, people coming out pretending to be Bobby Lashley's sisters. Like, it's like they got good and drunk and stoned before they came up with this. Uh,
0: that was a <laughs> special kind of awful. That's like... That,
1: that's that's oh. how Vince... That, it had Vince McMahon
0: written all over it. Uh, like, yeah, like like Bad Attitude Era Vince McMahon written all over it. Like, <laughs> Oh man. Like it wasn't quite triple H in a casket pretending to have (laughs) sex with a dead body bad, but it was, it was, it was was close. It was close.
2: You know, and, and I think it had the right sort of, uh, heart. Like they, like they wanted it, they wanted it to be funny. You know, the execution or whether it actually was is another story, but you know, I'm, that's still what I would like, that's what I would like to see. I hope it's not just, yeah, like you said, Lashley w- wins queen, w- you know, and then nobody's su- surprised. <laughs> you
1: know, it reminds me a lot of like, uh, back in the old ECW days, where there was stuff that would work on paper and work in ECW, like Al Snow uh, and the talking head. I mean, people forget Al Snow had headlines at pay-per-view against Shane Douglas and should have won, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but then that character came to WWE and it just didn't, really connect at all and i think maybe this is one of those things where on paper i, I think that they're like all right you know it's like a deep personal feud that's almost a throwback uh it's getting personal in the family and it just the ex- I think the execution of it just completely missed
0: yeah and just to me it's just like sammy Zayn was so he was trying so hard during that promo when he was going through the uh no, it was kind of a dead crowd, because I, like, I think they were in, like, Corpus Christi or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah one On of Monday. the worst crowds ever. Yeah, and the crowd was really dead, and, the, and like, he just, like, at one point, I, I could kind of see the wheels in his head turning, and he basically said, all right, got to mention I'm from Canada here, otherwise I'm not going to, you know, get any kind of reaction <laughs> of this crowd. And then he immediately went, and then I'll take, I'll, you know, I'll beat Bobby Lashley for the great, you know, for the greater nation. Canada, and then, like, the Corpus Christi of woke up and went, what? Canada! Boo! (laughs) Right? I was just like, God, this guy just, he gets it. He knows what to do. Like, I mean, he's mid-promo, and he's like, hey, I'm getting nothing from these guys. What can I do? Just say I'm from Canada. That'll work, right? You you just gotta sometimes just rest on your laurels. Um,
1: He's a pro. You know, like, he's... I I want so much more for him. I think some I think we will get there eventually with him. But uh, just just one thing about Corpus Christi. I think most wrestling fans that watch Raw and SmackDown on TV will agree that if they never went back to Corpus Christi again, mm. we would not. We would die because <laughs> that seems to be like <laughs> the worst town that's always dead. And somehow they're and it's not even like that big of a town. I don't know if you guys have ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a shithole. So like that?
0: I said I'm yet to make it down to Texas. I've to oh. most of the states, but I've made it to Te- Texas yet.
1: Texas is great, but then you get to places like your Corpus Christi, and you're like, "Why are we here? Like, this is not a major stop off or major town again. And then they, uh, went it's to got they went to Memphis.
0: They went to Memphis for Smackdown like the next night. That's true. That made no sense to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, so Memphis has an MBA team, so which they stole from Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, it's true. Memphis is also one of those really small markets that just uh, used to be really hot for wrestling, but it was a different kind of wrestling than, than what the WWE presents today. Yeah, why uh, yeah, they come
0: out and like interview, uh, right. AJ Styles, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, he's that's that's Memphis's guy. He's run for mayor like three times or something at this point. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely markets like that where I feel like if they had done Zayn Lashley in a different market, it might have worked better. Uh, but Corpus Christi just kind of shit all over it.
0: It's like, it's like, this match is a real juxtaposition of, of who WWE tends to believe in. Because you got Sami Zayn, El Generico, indie wrestling god, who all the mark, or smarks just love and want to see him pushed to the moon in the WWE. And then you got Bobby Lashley, who, God bless him, not great on the mic, but is jacked to the high heavens. And like, God, I wish I could look like that. But... I can't. And Vince, you know, Vince looks at the Bobby Lashleys and just goes, "Yeah, that's what a champion should look like." And you know, fire him to the moon. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just kind of a shame that that's the way it is. And we mentioned Baron Corving shaving the head. Bobby Lashley, please lose the Jason Terry headband. Like it's, it's yes. just not a good look for you, buddy. You're, you're, you're menacing enough without it. You don't need it. And quite frankly, it's a little silly when, when I see you walk out there with it.
2: But this is it, Pierce. I think he's
0: got a sense of humor, and he wants to have that like that silliness there. But like that's but... his swag—is the Jason Terry headband? <laughs> oh, all right. Next up, Roman Reigns versus ginger Mahal. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this match. <laughs> in, in the Whoa. sense, in the sense that the we're in you know quote unquote Chicago. We're Chicago with Jace, so I imagine a lot, <laughs> a lot of the the. The smarky Chicago fans will be in attendance for this match, and I am oh, really yes. excited to see how badly they shit all over this match. Like, the CM, like <laughs> if, we, if we don't hear CM Punk chants before this match, we will definitely hear him during this match. We'll probably get some hilarious chants. Roman Reigns is minus 1350 to win this match. Oh, my God. That's like the Patriots versus the freaking Browns. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> Jinder Mahal plus six fifty. Um, BJ, anything to add about Roman? Yeah. Mahal?
1: Well, I think you're right. Um, but Chicago fans travel well. Uh, just for people in the states, like it's very easy to get from downtown Chicago to Rosemont, so they will definitely be represented, and you will definitely hear CM Punk chants. Uh, honestly, you know, when it comes to Roman Reigns, I used to have what I, I call the John Cena policy, uh, where when John Cena was on my TV, I would get up. I'd make a sandwich, I'd use the bathroom, I'd check some email. You know, I'd leave the TV on, a bit just so I could listen, but uh, that that was my time to check out and do other things. So, to me, Roman Reigns is just the instant bathroom break. I, I just don't... Uh, it's nothing against him as a performer. He's a wonderful performer. I just think that it's the way the character has been presented, and he's headlined four-strain WrestleManias. He main uh, fast lane with Samoa Joe for absolutely zero reason. Uh, I'm just ready at this point to, you know, I can't stop it. They're going to continue to do this no matter what we think or say. So when Roman Reigns comes out, that's when I excuse myself.
0: Mac, anything to pipe in with Roman Reigns <clears throat> versus Jinder Mahal?
2: Uh, that, you know, is is similar to how I feel about it. Reigns in general. Is The predictability and bore factor of it is... It does a disservice to Reigns, who's a good athlete and could just get get by on being the strong, silent enforcer, you know, and it, it's, I don't like it because it's uncomfortable. So I think Reigns doesn't like it either. I think he's yeah. trying and, and fighting and going against the grain and it's not working for him. And, and every time I watch it, it's like, yep, it's another fuck up. Um, <laughs> and Jinder, honestly has a bit more charisma right now um, and stuff like that, but he's not a very good wrestler either. Like, you're not going to get a fucking technical showcase out of him. Reigns is is athletic enough and can do enough wrestling, you know, to have a decent, I guess, when he's not trying to, you know, wrestle The Undertaker or something. But no, this one's just got the I don't care, this is going to be dumb. Yeah, sort of bathroom break time. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I will say this for... Oh, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I will say this for Mahal. I've been pleasantly surprised. Uh, I When they first had started pushing him, I I really wasn't sure how it was going to go. You're right. He's not a great wrestler, but the, the nice thing about being a heel is that you don't have to be. Uh, you just need to be a heat seeker for the crowd, right? Like The crowd just has to hate you. And uh, I, I really, There's something about his presentation that I like. I don't know if it's because we haven't seen too many... I'm trying to think of characters who are from the South Pacific or, or Indian or from that region, of the world that's been presented this is the way Mahal has. Uh, he might be the only one. And I think there's something unique about that. I think there's something unique about calling himself the modern day Maharaja and having like American fans go and Google Maharaja and see what that means. And uh, so there's something unique about it. But, yeah, even even in this match, I, I just don't think it does. It, no one wins in this match. Roman Reigns, it, it, as a character, doesn't advance in this, and Jinja Mahal, as, as a character, does not advance in this because it just, you know the crowd will be dead for it.
0: I think the the two, uh, I, was, I was trying to think just of, the, of the, the guys of Indian descent. There was, like, the great Khali who, who right. pushed and, like, oh, that was bad. And then, of course, there was the... <laughs> Well, wasn't it? It was just that the great colleague couldn't move. <laughs> was the
1: thing. Yeah. Um, the
0: other one I remember was the Muhammad Hassan gimmick, which the guy, yes. who, the guy who played him, wasn't even Indian. I think he was like Italian or something like that, and that was just all sorts of awful and cringeworthy, and never should have done it in a million years. And we're just kind of trying to capitalize on people's emotions at the time after 9/11, and they have subsequently wiped it for most of their records because even they admitted it was a bad idea. I'm going to say something controversial. Actually, I don't think not controversy is the wrong word. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's more of an unpopular opinion alert, I think on on Roman Reigns here. Um, sure. Roman Reigns is over. He is absolutely over with the crowd. Just not in the traditional sense of what over is where when he comes out the crowd you know, loves him because he's a good guy, or, or, or like, in the way they love Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan's put in all this work and fought hard, but when your music hits, and the crowd boos to the extreme lengths that they boo when your music hits, you're over. I'm sorry, you are. You're over with the crowd just going the opposite way. So I don't know why they have this refusal to to have because if they turned roman reigns heel which they could do refuse to do with john cena back in the day and and quite frankly it didn't make sense with john cena because the t-shirt sales were just too much to ignore i i'm not sure i'd have to look at wwe's books i'm not sure if the t-shirt sales are so great with roman reigns that they just can't do it but my god if he was heel on like if, if he was heel on monday He'd be the biggest thing in wrestling. He really would, because like just the, the the raw seething hatred that the crowd has for him <laughs> when he goes out there, just because he's Roman Reigns. If he leaned into it, like my God, we would have something there. And it just it just oh. it really irritates me that they just won't pull the trigger going that way.
2: Oh, no, Pierce. He, he could do something very, very, you know, lightweight, but he get nuclear heat just because it's him.
0: Yeah. Oh, it, it, it just... Yeah. I wish they would do it. I don't know. I don't know why. Anything else to add to Reigns versus Mahal?
1: Well, the, the only thing I want to point out is the whole reason why we're stuck in this situation is because kids love him. Yeah. Like, if you watch, if you watch the crowd, I mean, those kids are jumping out of the seats for Roman Reigns and mm-hmm. WWE, For despite... Yeah, uh, look, I, I'm a trained marketer. Uh, I have a graduate degree in like organizational management. So uh, the WWE continues to do the thing you're not supposed to do, which is cater to everybody. Uh, and so you've got this situation where uh, they still very much want to cater the kids. So as long as they've got that and they're not going to target their actual audience that pays for the shows and pays for the network and pays for the merchandise, which are people that are a little older... Uh, you're going to have this situation where they just trot out Reigns, still old boring Roman Reigns in this uh, in the current presentation because it works for one part of the audience and doesn't work for the rest of them and it's just frustrating
0: yeah, I mean the t-shirt sales have to be through the roof for for Reigns, they just just have to be alright, let's talk about the ladies a little bit here and I'm going to cue back up for this one because his favorite girl is in this match Carmella, Miss Money in the Bank, or former Miss Money in the Bank, is defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against MAC, ya girl, Asuka. And before I queue you up for this, MAC, I'm going to say something that isn't going to go down well in the MAC camp whatsoever. <laughs> but I am not ready for Carmella to stop being the champion of SmackDown right now. She has been so good, and it's been so fun, and I want it to continue. My God, that's all I'm going to say. Um, go ahead. Your opinion on uh, Carmella versus Oscar? The odds: Carmella is plus one hundred and sixty, and Oscar's minus one hundred and ten. So Oscar goes in as the favorite, according to Five Dimes.
2: Uh, that's not surprising that she's going in as the as the favorite. Um, and I don't hold any of this against Carmella. Like I'm not, you know, like bashing her. And you know, she has the toot And you know what? I got to give her credit because she's embraced in, in that character. And you know, done something with it. And she started as as you know, like a lackey, like a shitty kind of throw-in, and then became something. So I do have to give her that credit. I do. I gotta give her that. Um, and if Oscar, you know, probably is is gonna beat her, and, and she's, she's all I wasn't ready. You know, Oscar just this this beast that is so hard to deal with. But it still just looks kind of shitty on Charlotte Flair. Now, people counter that argument with saying. Everyone knows Charlotte's flair is, is, is really good already, so it doesn't matter. Okay, but it's just hard to make sense when it happens this fast. You know, like, my memory just maybe isn't quite as uh, <laughs> short as as everybody else's. You know, I think back, it's like, but not long ago, th- this happened, and then, you know, this happens. So, why is everyone so... Sub- like, why should she get creamed by Asuka if she can beat Charlotte Flair, like, if you're going to do it this way, shit, you know, maybe have her, it maybe have her wrestle well enough that it makes her look close to Oscar's equal. You know, don't be a squash right now. Don't get squashed by Asuka because that it makes even less sense. <laughs> like, it's just a weird, weird position, but it, it's not Carmella's fault and I got to give her the credit she deserves. That's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs>
0: This feels like a classic maybe Carmella gets herself disqualified on purpose type of match so that she can yeah. keep the keep the belt but Oscar doesn't uh, doesn't get the title cuz I, I she, Carmella's just doing so well as the as just this cowardly heel champion on SmackDown I can't imagine they just want to go to Oscar right now. I, can't, I like I don't understand why they didn't go to Oscar on on uh, at Wrestlemania that that made no sense to me having Charlotte Flair go over her because Charlotte Flair is the greatest, I'm just going to say it, she's the greatest female wrestler of all time, she didn't need that added to her yeah. already impressive resume, that that didn't make sense to me, but I mean I'm glad, I guess I'm glad it's there in the end, what do you think? Carmella, Oscar BJ? I
1: agree I agree with you, I think that having Oscar lose really took the wind out of the sails for that character, I, I think it's they must have chickened out at some point of having her square off of Rousey. Uh, like, I'm convinced on some corporate level, because they, they might have had the plan uh, to headline WrestleMania with Rousey next year. And, you know, for whatever yeah. reason, I think they did. they just chickened out and said, all right, let's do Flair. Uh, and some of that might be because Asuka's English is is still, it, she understands it. Uh, but I don't know if you guys watch Up, up Down, Down, but mm. uh, they, they still had Nakamura translating for her. And I think that on the corporate level, uh, they they got worried about that. I mean, I hate to I hate to talk about like the corporate aspects of it, but you know this is a multi billion dollar corporation, oh, and so right. I, I think they chickened out, and so they took the win away from uh, from Oscar. And so the, I you know I tell you all that because I, I think without Asuka being this unbeaten beast, she's kind of lost a little bit. Uh, they're letting her personality come out, which I really like. She's kind of this adorable goofball. But that adorable goofball does not at all mesh with being like this buzzsaw that she's been for the past two years. and So I kind of like the idea of her losing this match to reset the character a bit and go, you know what, maybe I've I've lost my focus and now I need to get back to being that buzzsaw. And, you know, really set her on a creative path because it doesn't seem like there was one. It seems like she was all set to fight Rousey. They chickened out, took the win away, and then uh, she just sort of, she's floating out there the same way. Bailey and Sasha Banks seem to be floating where there's no there's no real creative for them they're just sort of there because they're very talented and popular but I I think having her lose could really help fix that
0: yeah she's just treading water right now maybe and I don't I don't want a fantasy book too hard but maybe you have her lose and then as you suggested do the you know I'm gonna get myself back to what I used to be and then maybe she turns heel because maybe she just starts doing what uh uh, friggin' Shinsuke Nakamura has been doing where he's like, I'm just going to be the hard striking <laughs> like, person who just beats the hell out of you and, and chokes you out. Cause it, much like, uh, Jenner, or you know, much like, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Oscar's like her work style in the ring lends itself to more of a bad guy. It does. Because she does, she does like a lot of like taunting her opponent and hard strikes and and just genuinely being you know mocking her opponent and whatnot. You
1: know? I would, so I would love to see her and Nakamura together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: uh, I right. think that would be a fun. I think she she really needs someone to talk for her. Um,
0: yeah. Although that would be the like, oh, the evil foreigners are back yeah. from the eighties. Is the only trepidation I have there.
1: Right? <laughs> my thing, that's so I've, I've been talking about this with you, so it's come up a couple times, but at the same time. Uh, Japan is the second largest market for professional wrestling. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think Kana and Nakamura are are already well-established over there. And if you Mm -hmm. wanted a truly international feel for WrestleMania and you wanted to increase uh, the subscriptions for WWE Network, uh, yes, there definitely would be that concern of, all right, well, we got our two Japanese stars together. But at the same time, uh, Nakamura's English is perfect. And I think that he, he can use that to really manipulate and harass the crowd a bit in The way that Asuka can, and at the same time, you know, maybe maybe you do lean into that a little bit. Maybe because when Asuka was in NXT, she would just cut promos in Japanese. Uh, and what was great about it is that sometimes they would subtitle it, and sometimes they wouldn't. And when they didn't subtitle it, there was kind of this nice "holy shit" factor where you don't know what she said, but you know it was awesome. Like you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just sounded like this this badass. And I yo, know, I think I would like to think we're at a point in 2018 where you could put. The two Japanese stars together and not have to worry about that. But yeah, you're right. There's there's always going to be like that that push. But I man, I would just you anyway, know I I loved the idea. It didn't happen, but I love the idea of uh, Paul Heyman initially when they were talking about Kana coming over, uh, sort of being the mouthpiece for her. I think she's really missing that kind of component, and once she has it, she's going to be great. Yeah,
2: you, it doesn't you, it doesn't stop them from putting all the black dudes together. They still do that. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true.
0: Although we That's might we might get a twist later uh, in that, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll see about that. But you you mentioned the her you know cutting promos in Japanese and it sounding awesome. That reminded me of like there's that great Gabriel Gabriel Iglesias bit where he was talking about how uh, the uh, the Mexican boxer Canelo right whenever he would do oh, yeah. whenever he would do his you know his interviews before fights and. In, in, you know, in Spanish, he would sound like a killer. Right. And, it, you know, yeah. and then <laughs> they'd have him do, you know, the, the interviews in English and he'd be like, ah, uh, you know, I'm going to hit him and he's going to go down. And it just, it would not, it just, it killed it. <laughs> right. And it's just like, no, just let them talk in their native tongue. And <laughs> like they could say whatever and it'll, it'll just sound killer. Um, so let's do this for the first, for the first one of these pay-per-views. Uh, Mac, who goes over Carmela or Oscar? Uh,
2: Carmella, but hopefully in the weaselly way, like you were saying.
0: Yeah, befitting a champion. Uh, BJ, who goes over? Carmella. Yeah, uh,
1: I think, yeah, I, I, I think Mella is money.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> so, absolutely do too. Uh, and here's here's uh, another thing. I, I want to. This is this is one thing they haven't yet done, and I think Carmella is absolutely perfect for this. We haven't done in the history of the Money in the Bank. We haven't done the champion who cashed in. And and it's so close. Like She cashed in like a, like a month and a half ago, right? So it's still fresh in everybody's mind because that was a really good cash in, in, in a great moment. So it's still fresh in everybody's mind. So let's just say for posterity purpose, Becky Lynch wins the the women's match. We'll get into that one. And is doing the thing where like Carmella is just like, I want to see Carmella constantly be paranoid, right? That, right. Someone's going to cash in her because we haven't yet done that. And I think she's perfect for that role of just like constantly like looking over her shoulder all the time. Whenever she's doing like promos in the ring, she, you know, they can play Becky Lynch's music in this scenario where she's won the money in the bank. And then she like freaks out and she's like, you know, looking like turning around 360 degrees all the time being like, where is she? Where is she coming from? And stuff like that. Like, I think she would be perfect if they wanted to pull the pull the trigger for for that sort of a thing, so like that. I, I think you're right. Yeah, that's we we haven't, like to we
1: haven't seen that in a long time. You know, like we haven't seen like that true chicken shit heel. Uh, I mean, that's what made Ric Flair great was that he looked entirely beatable and he was entirely beatable. You know, like you just uh, you never really thought that Ric Flair was going to win every time there was a title defense. And I, I think Carmella definitely fits in that mold very well.
0: Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey in one of the most Awkward storylines, well, most preposterous, I think, storylines of, of recent memory. Um, Ronda Rousey minus six hundred to win the W, the Raw Women's Championship. Nia Jax plus four hundred. My poor girl. I don't know what the hell the play Like, like to me, this is this. The outcome of this match, if I was allowed to look at. The WWE's books, because like, we, you know, we've been talking about, you know, the, the corporate stance on this. If I was allowed to look at the WWE's books, and they were able to show me how exactly how much money they they stand to make by shotgunning Ronda Rousey to being the Raw Women's Championship, and if they show me, you know, if they if they write a figure on a piece of paper and slide it to me across the table, and I look at it and I go, "Yeah, make her the champion," <laughs> <Right>? like <laughs> I just I I don't know. The, this, the outcome of this match is entirely predicated to me on whether or not they stand to make a shitload of dimes by shotgunning Rousey to the title or if they're actually building to something here because there, there's there been this this weird thing where they've been kind of um, you know r- like really saying that it's going to be Ronda and Natalya like they've, they've really been teeing that up but I, again I don't know I'm always going to be a Nia Jax, Mark, just based on how very attracted to her I am. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, I'm I'm not big. On, I'm not on – I don't hate Ronda Rousey. I'm just – I'm not on the bandwagon yet. What do you think, BJ? Uh,
1: well, I mean, there was a story in The Hollywood Reporter, I think it was last week, uh, where Fox executives were meeting with WWE executives, and on the screen when the WWE executives came in, was Ronda Rousey, uh, who had Triple H up over her shoulders. And then not long after, they signed a, you know that multi-billion dollar agreement. So, uh, Rousey is money. I, I think that there's no way to look at this match as a wrestling fan. I think that we do have to be a little cynical and look at it from a corporate standpoint. Uh, they need to cash in with her, because I think the danger of Rousey is if she hangs around and she loses, and it gets into a feud with Natalya, and then you know maybe they wait until SummerSlam, to put the title on her, I, I think there's a potential for her to lose her steam, uh, and you know, sort of lose what makes her hot. I mean, right now it's a slow news cycle, so I think putting the belt on Rousey and then putting her on every single American and Canadian TV show makes makes a ton of sense, and that's probably what they're going to do. I, I mean, I like Nia Jax. I, I think that she kind of is getting the short end of the stick here because she just got the title and now you know she's going to have to drop it. Uh, it's a Rousey, so there's always that question of: Are you a champ? Are you a transitional champ? And you know, how's the company see you? But uh, it makes too much sense for Rousey to right now for her to win this and, and to really be, because there's really no one else when you think about. It. I mean, what Roman Reigns doesn't do TV shows like John Cena still comes out and does the TV shows. Uh, the Bella twins come out and do the TV shows, but there's no one that's active on the roster right now that will go out. And kind of be the WWE's pitch person, and I think if Ronda Rousey is going to headline WrestleMania, which she absolutely should be, if she's not, uh, you know, now is really the time to start putting
2: that all together.
0: Mac, anything to add to Nia Jax versus Ronda
2: Rousey? <clears throat> I, uh, I don't like this build, and I don't like this match. The whole thing just smells and tastes like it's got some other objective. It's not. It hasn't come together. And it, it doesn't feel natural coming together, you know what I mean? So, bring not up the whole corporate aspect.
0: Not at all, considering the whole crux of this match was Nia Jax went up to her on, like, a red carpet for some NBC event and went, Hey, you want to be the champion in a month, by <laughs> way? Like, you want to shot up my title, even though you, like, what, you pinned Stephanie McMahon? Which, I guess, in kayfabe qualifies you for a title? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, continue, Mac.
2: Um, yeah, like, just... I mean, I, I remember the promo where it's like, is she ready for Naya? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is, you know what? This is a very, uh, Matt, I love Naya Jax too. But when yeah, you say, Hit me with it, what, Ronda Rousey. You have a woman who, for years, has had a reputation as an ass kicker.
0: Oh, God, I know. Yeah, like, that's that's the funny thing that's hilarious. Because if, if you didn't know, like, if Ronda Rousey was not, like, if you didn't know Ronda Rousey was Ronnie Rousey, like, if these were two women in a bar at, at your local bar on a Friday night who got two liquored up and were, like, standing next to each other, like, oh, my God, these chicks are going to fight right now. Like, you'd be like, oh my god, Nia Jax is gonna kick the shit out of that because she's like three times the size of, of Ronda Rousey. But when you know who Ronda Rousey is, you're like, Ronda Rousey could just put one on Nia Jax's chin and knock her out or put her in, in an arm bar or whatever. And it's like, yeah, like like bring, bringing in. Ronda Rousey to me has killed the mystique for two people most of all. One is Nia Jax, unfortunately, my girl, and the other is uh, friggin' Sonya Deville, whose character is I'm an yeah. MMA fighter, right? Yes. And then when she comes out there in the, in the in the in the in the trunk shorts and stuff, doing her little shadow boxing and stuff, but then the real well, MMA fighter is standing next she, to her in the ring. It's like oh, Shayna, uh, too, yeah, yeah.
1: Between the I two, I mean, uh, what?
0: So, sorry, you go ahead, you go ahead. No, so,
1: uh, between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, I think yeah. out of everyone that's kind of screwed on Rousey coming in here, it's it's definitely Sonia Deville because that was, that was her entire character. But uh, just just a quick thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it does feel manufactured, but you got to remember, I mean, we're really not that far removed from Bam Bam Bigelow shoving Lawrence Taylor. In the crowd are like David yeah. Arquette coming out and, and being uh, you know you who know, will be coming to champion. Like so, these You're things right. are—it's part of wrestling history. I don't personally like it. I do, I do like my pretend sports to feel like an organic story and a comic book. But these things do exist for a reason. If it can bring, if this brings people to Raw and SmackDown, it can only benefit us. I think in the end, it's just we—they just have to get there. And I think unfortunately. Sometimes you have matches like this where it's just like, all right, we know why you're doing this. Let's just get it over with.
0: Yeah, like Nia Jax cannot bring in the audience that Ronda Rousey can. That's just a fact, and it's unfortunately it's a fact that Nia Jax marks like myself have just gotta deal with <laughs> and get all, <laughs> get over it and move on. <laughs> just a couple more, Pierce. Yeah.
2: Just a, okay, just a couple more, and I swear I'll move on. Oh, Sonya yeah, Deville there. there. Okay, she's um. She has some sort of legit enough background to have that gimmick. It oh, does make her look like a, a nobody, but I think most people will be able to—I don't know—do their two minutes of Wikipedia research or take the commentators' uh, word when they say, like, "Oh yeah, she had a legitimate judo and, and kickboxing. You know, she she did that back in the day." You know what I mean? Sure. Like, so it's yeah, it affects her, but not as bad as maybe some of the others, yeah. and I think you could have built this match better if you would oh, have yeah. had. Well,
0: I don't think there's any question that you could have built yeah, well, this match better. <laughs> I think that's a good so, well, that Sorry, that,
2: that's not the shocker. Yeah, but I'm saying in my mind, look at what they did with Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar, where Samoa Joe was interrupting him and choking him and brutalizing him. If you had Nia interrupting Ronda, putting her through tables and stuff like that, and doing the things a big woman can do... Now you've given her some sort of unique attack and unique threatening image next to Ronda, and she doesn't even have that right now. No, completely,
1: completely I hope that's. I hope that they do that for the rematch. Like I, I do hope that you know we we got another pay per view or network special or whatever we're calling these things now. But uh, I, I kind of hope that's the direction they go in for the next one, where Jax loses and she just sort of loses her cool and starts to really beat up Rousey. I think. That would definitely put a nice spin on this.
0: It's, she needs to get away from this anti-bullying thing. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just we need we need time to pass to get her away from that, so she can just be the mean girl who puts uh, people through tables and is and is brutal to the other girls. Which is what she should be. And also get her a new theme music. Mac and I plead for that every... We beg for a new theme music for her every time on this podcast. Oh, man. And this, until this, until that we get this, a new one, we will not stop begging for, for I, a new a new meaner theme for Nia Jax. Tell me, tell me if you guys feel
1: this way. I, I feel like most... Uh, maybe 99% of the NXT themes right now are terrible.
0: Yeah. Other than I enjoy the Velveteen Dreams theme.
1: Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's the one i'm thinking that that it's okay it works but i I feel like they've gotten to the point where we're back in the late 80s early 90s where they started just having like this really generic uh nothing really stands out nothing is special and i think nia Jax is also a victim of that where her theme music doesn't do her any favors it's sort of like china's back in the day uh don't treat me like a woman don't treat me like a man and it's like all right well what am I supposed to do here? Like oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, and yeah, I think Nia's kind of suffers from that NXT music just just being churned out and being very bland, and yeah. it doesn't really do her presentation any favors.
0: They need to cut another check to CFO, I think. Get some, yeah. get some more themes. All right, three left. We're 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 getting down to the nitty gritty here. Um, last singles match before we get into the Money in the Banks: AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Last Man Standing match. Um, build up to this, I think, has been fun. I think there's a little bit of fatigue with these two, which I yeah. don't understand fully in my mind. I can see there being some kind of uh, uh, people still being a little pissed off because of the double dq uh, last time, but uh, with good reason. Because now we have the we have this last man standing match, which I think we built to well in this storyline, and. I'm ready for Shinsuke Nakamura to be the world heavyweight champion. I'm just going to say that. What do you think, Mac?
2: Yeah, that could be fine. You know, there's, I'm not really going to be disappointed with who wins. I'm getting like, I kind of want them to move on, like just come to some sort of some good conclusion and move on. They're both, they're both like Charlotte. They're confused with whoever you want. They're going to stay over. And I I honestly think this is sort of overstated. It's welcome. Like, or it will be overstaying its welcome if it goes on for any significant amount of time more than this. Like, I think my feud's kind of short and sweet, so do something cool and get done with it.
0: <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura's favorite, minus 145. AJ Styles, plus 105. I just think it's time for, uh, for them to pull the trigger on, on Nakamura being the heavyweight champion. What do you think, BJ?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were talking about this before the show started. There's just so many hours of WWE programming. That a feud like this can feel like it's going on for centuries uh, because y- you're sitting through about six hours every week, whereas with NXT you've got you know that one solid hour each week, and you could have a pro a nice prolonged feud like you have right now of Gargano and Ciampa. So I mean, I'm bored absolutely-
2: of that one too. I'm sorry. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I think that's already overstated. It's welcome in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it probably it's like they're ended- Mister NXT. <laughs> it
1: should it should have ended with the you know, the last match, the unsanctioned match that they had. I I agree with that, but I feel like. The one-hour format allows them to kind of push it out, whereas well, like today, you know, I, yeah, I'm kind of at the point with uh, Styles Nakamura where, I, uh, you yo know, either put the club back together because that's a thing that probably should happen. You have almost all the important original members, so why are you not doing that? Oh yeah. <laughs> or or uh, have Nakamura win and just do something else, and just have him be this great. Shit. I mean, he's We were talking about this a little bit with with Oscar where. Yo, he's got this great shit-eating personality where you know his English is great, but as you saw with Renee Young, he said, yo, I'm sorry I don't speak English. Like, There's there's these fun things that he can do that he's just so charismatic that he could pull off a lot of heels I don't think really could these days. And so I'm really fascinated to kind of see them go either all in with him or if he loses this, what are you doing? I mean, what's, what's the next thing other than Putting him with the Good Brothers, I just don't. I just don't see what happens with Nakamura if he loses this because this is. They built this as the dream match, right? Like going into WrestleMania, they were like, "Ah, oh, this is, this is so great," and it's the first time American audiences are going to get this. And. Uh, if he loses after a double DQ, and I forgot how I think he lost queenly in the first one, is that right?
0: Yeah, he went for the Keen Shasa, and AJ reversed it into the uh, into the Styles Clash and pinned him, which shocked yeah. every- which shocked everybody. But yeah, I, you're I, right. This is this uh, that match at WrestleMania was totally the this is this is the Smark like World Heavyweight t- title match, right? right? <laughs> like this is this is the main event for the Smarks, is what it was, right?
1: I think that they they're certainly it's what seems to happen is that they. They have certain events clearly booked. You know, like they know what they want to do at SummerSlam, and they know what they want to do at WrestleMania. But then I feel like when you get into the summer, uh, and you, I don't even know what the name of the next pay per view is. Uh, to be honest, yeah, like I don't even know what the July before. Uh, but I, I feel like this this feud is going to continue, and I got a really bad feeling about that because I think that fans, by the time we get to Match War, uh, no one's going to care. It's our TLC, that,
0: right? I think Extreme Rules is next.
1: Uh, yeah, but see, you just had a Last Man Standing match. So, like, what do you what do you do with these two if if you lose a Last Man Standing match and then go into Extreme Rules pay per view? Like, yeah. it just doesn't. I, I just feel like Nakamura really should have a nice reign as champion and and be that shitty and heel uh, who just loves himself and and is sort of out of touch with reality. And I, he's such a great character. I, I want to see them do more, but sometimes you know it's it's hard for them. If it's not a character they created, sometimes it's very hard for them to rally behind it.
0: That's true. I just... I I mean, you hit the nail on the head earlier for me with... If you're not going to put the belt on Shinsuke now, then what the hell are we doing here is is the thing. And it's just, I, I feel, and I don't want to say you have to, because you never have to in WWE, because Mac and I came on this podcast and said, you have to have Asuka go over at WrestleMania. It doesn't make sense otherwise. Um, I mean, we were right, but we were wrong. <laughs> we were right and we were wrong on that one, right? I mean, we were right, but we were wrong. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, so I just, I really feel as though Shinsuke should go over and, and you could always kind of explain away if you are worried about fan fatigue, which I think you should be. I think this should be the final between these two for a bit. Like you can explain it away with like Shinsuke cheats in some sort of way and, and styles gets knocked out and is down for the count and like has to get carried off in a, in a ambulance in kayfabe. And then maybe he misses a couple weeks. And by then he, you know, Wrestling fans have short memories, right? So, like, if AJ Styles missed a couple of weeks and then came back and wasn't fighting Shinsuke Nakamura, people would, you know, they they wouldn't be like, hey, why isn't he beating up Shinsuke Nakamura, who, who, you know, kept low-blowing him. And also, there needs to be a spot in this match where AJ Styles is wearing a cup. It, it just, it just <laughs> needs, like, it just needs to happen. Like, it, I mean, even in kayfabe, like, AJ Styles just cannot be this stupid to go into a last-man-standing match with Shinsuke Nakamura, who's just been kicking him in the oh, dick for three, three straight months and not wear a cup. It's just like, there, come on now. <laughs>
1: like, there is the classic example of Sting. Sting yeah. is like the ultimate stupid babyface, so... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hopefully, AJ <laughs> will yo know, I remember uh, Berhart having, like, that little plate, yeah, with Goldberg's Spiritum, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good example of like continuity playing a role in these matches. I think you're right. I, I think that they should do that with AJ. I think it, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I just, you know, when, when it comes to WWE creative, I always expect them to do the opposite of what everyone wants, <laughs> just like Adam Spike. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so,
0: yeah. Oh, there are definitely times where they're like, where they do it just for pure, just just to watch us go. Well, why did they do that? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, they love that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I I don't know I I'm I'm sure it'll be a great match. You know I I'm sure this will be entertaining, but I think it's going to be overshadowed by uh, the the main events for sure. I think it's going to get lost in the shuffle a bit.
0: Uh, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Mac, who goes over?
2: Because I want it to be, and because I think AJ is a vet and a professional and a good man, Shinsuke. Bj.
1: Yeah, I I'm hoping it's Shinsuke. I just it's time to do something with him.
0: Yeah, sweep it. I'm going to say Shinsuke as well. Um, The penultimate match of the night will be the Money in the Bank ladder match for the ladies. Um, Here are the odds. Natalia, plus 150. Best odds go to Natalia. Interesting. Alexa Bliss, plus 210. Charlotte Flair, 405. Sasha, 500. Becky Lynch, 900. Ooh, the Smarks will not be happy about that. Lana, 1100. Ember Moon, also 1100. And Naomi with the longest odds. To win at three thousand, I don't
1: quite get that. Why couldn't Naomi win this match? That uh, that seems that seems odd. Like I was just thinking, yeah. she's probably she's probably the sleeper to win it. Yeah, like I
0: uh, mean, that
1: that would be my pick, honestly. Out of everybody in the match, um, I definitely think there's going to be some shenanigans with Bailey, Sasha Banks. Yeah. Uh, Natalia's got her own story going on with Ronda, so I don't. I don't really see her being a factor in this. Unlike,
0: that's probably why, like that whole telegraphed relationship between Natalia and Ronda Rousey, it probably explains her being plus one fifty
1: because yeah. Natalia
0: could cash in on Ronda, and who better to carry Ronda Rousey through a singles match in her first title defense than Natalia? Right? Exactly.
1: Like, just, that's, yeah. She she's the, be- the the best person on the roster, short, short of uh, Charlotte, which they're saving. Uh, you know, I would love Ember Moon to, live, to win this. I, I'm a huge Ember Moon fan. I, I, I have a couple of annoyances with her character. I kind of feel like she should transform into the demon warrior goddess thing. Mm. Uh, like, sort of the way Battler does. I think that would just add a dimension to the character that's missing. Uh, but, I, I, you know, it's too soon for her to, to really do this. I think that the, the fans are still getting to know her a bit. And, you know, I, the person I feel the worst about is Becky Lynch. Uh, no, she had
0: yeah. that the promo. Sparks, man. God, they love Becky Lynch. They, they like, it, It's so crazy. Like she... I, I've of all the things in Twitter like I like I'm part of several communities in Twitter. Comics, you know, which is always putrid because people are always fighting with each other. Yeah. Um, T V, <laughs> movies, same thing. Star Wars is another one where everybody's yeah. got an opinion about something. But nobody is more friendlier, I find, than wrestling Twitter. And the one thing, and it's because, and I think it's, I have my theory is that it's because in wrestling Twitter everybody can agree on some things, and well,
2: Pierce, that must means those other ones are really, really bad if that's <laughs> it's the friendliest,
0: true, yeah. Um. Oh, and they are. Uh. But I, I think, I, honestly, I, my theory is that it's because wrestling fans can all agree on two things, and one of them is we all don't really like what they're doing with the Roman Reigns character. <laughs> and the other is, for the love of God, give Becky Lynch her due. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, just, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel I, well, the thing I've. The reason why I've stuck with pro wrestling for as long as I have uh, is because the fans are fair. Like, they, for the most part, there's a couple of shitty things here and there, I'm sure, that we can point to. But for the most part, if, if someone comes out and works hard and has a great character, I think that the fans will. Typically rally behind them, and as long as there's no thing like reigns where it's being pushed in your face, like reigns to me is like flashing red in front of the bull, uh, where you're just at this point you're just antagonizing the bull, and, uh, and because of that I think that that's why they rally around Becky Lynch. That's why we see people, uh, some of the smaller guys that typically wouldn't have gotten the chance, uh, increasingly so get more prominent time on television, and Daniel Bryan's like the perfect example of that. And so that's why I think that they love becky the way that they do i think that you know we've heard i would do something i would save something for wrestlemania personally for her to have her big moment i think naomi makes a ton of sense as like the sleeper to do this i just you know looking at the rest of the lineup for this match i mean alexa bliss has already had the title run on both brands uh if there's a character that could maybe take a back seat for a little bit it would be her and with lana i don't I you know I don't quite know and she's now glomming on to the Happy Lama Day Happy Rusev Day thing. I think it would be great if they did Mister and Mrs. Money in the Bank. Uh, that would be kind of awesome, personally. That but, would be I, the
0: only reason to put it on Lana. In yeah, uh, in my opinion is is to do that. But I don't think Rusev's going to win the Men's Money in the Bank, and and we'll get to that. But Lana is is she? I don't. I just don't. She's not ready in terms of.
1: She's, she's so. Green. Here's the I thing about like, like I
0: like her, but she, you know, there's she's still low green. I don't. I don't she's think still.
1: Do, I right. mean, like I've been watching this long enough to to remember Trish Stratus sucking her first like. Oh two God,
0: years. did she ever like? She was, as like the manager for Test and Albert for. Yeah, she
1: sake, was. Like, she was awful, and even as a wrestler. Yeah, she was not good. Her but first year atrocious. or two. Absolutely so, atrocious. I, I see Lana as sort of... Th- I mean, I think they clearly see her in that role of being their Trish Stratus. Uh, so I, I don't see her quite getting the trigger pulled just yet for that reason. I think there's, they're sort of letting her work out the bugs uh, a bit. Um, yeah, you know, I really wish that there was something exciting going into this match, but I don't like the thrown-together nature of having it be multi-brand. I think that, that it sort of loses something because you don't really have an opportunity for Ember Moon to interact with Naomi. Or to interact with Natalia or for Sasha Banks to interact with Charlotte. Uh, so they're just sort of thrown together in this in this multi woman match and it just I think it loses something.
0: Yeah, and it's it's like I mentioned up at the at the top of this podcast is money in the bank is it's not really about like like AJ Styles, Shinte and Nakamura aside, it's not really about storytelling, it's about future storytelling. Right. So we're completely at the mercy of the writers here in this one because I don't know what they have planned for the future. I can just sit here and guess, which is why I don't understand that Naomi is a plus three thousand on yeah. five dimes. Because why couldn't Na- why couldn't the writers say, "Hey, Naomi is going to win"? Because people really seem to like this, you know, feel the glow gimmick, and glow is, you know, like the second season of that show is coming out, so they that that's another thing that's you know. Going to garner uh, some more mainstream attention, so <laughs> why not give it to the girl who sells the T-shirts that say "Feel the Glow," exactly and whatnot? So that's another that's another corporate thing. I mean, I just look at it and I go, "There's there's really nothing telegraphed as far as these ladies." I mean, the the closest thing we have is Natalia Ronda Rousey, but even then, I'm just not a hundred percent certain on that. So. And, like, I don't know, maybe they love Ember Moon so much they're just going to push her to the Ember Moon, if you will. That was <laughs> But it uh, had to be <laughs> done. had to be I done. See, <laughs> like, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Mac, what do you think? Who goes over on this one? Or who would you like uh, to go over? Which, which, uh, whichever question Ember's, you feel like answering. I think Ember
2: Moon has been jilted a couple times in her career. When Asuka vac- vacated the title, and as much as I love Asuka, that made Ember Moon look bad. And then, yeah, yeah it went, and like when it's like, oh, now Shayna Baszler's a thing. She, I wanted Ember Moon to, you know, like you said, like you know, then she gets her dark side, she gets her demon side, you know, the wolf bane blooms, and she becomes something else, and and takes down this seemingly indomitable, intimidating woman, and she didn't get to do that. So, I'm always rooting for her, but the she has a bit of momentum because she's still coming up. Like Lana, I agree is a little new. It, well, maybe a lot new, but still not too bad. But like, wouldn't you want some the the newest person, the person that hasn't had a championship of any of these people, you know, to get it?
0: True. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. True. That's good. <laughs> so, shot in the dark. Who goes over Mac?
2: All right,
0: what the hell? Uh, just have a pun. Fuck it. Ember, Ember <laughs> Moon. All right, I love it. Love the long shots. BJ, who goes over?
1: Uh, I'm really hoping they do Mr. And Mrs. Money in the Bank. They won't, but for that reason, I'm gonna pick Juana.
0: Yeah, why the hell not? I am gonna say that Alexa Bliss goes over just because I think it would piss a lot of people off, and I think <laughs> the, I think the writers would be would be into that. I think.
1: Yeah, they uh, love her.
0: I, you know, we also have to think of this in terms of who looks the least silly carrying around the briefcase for however long they carry around the briefcase for. That's something True. you have to factor in, and I think Alexa Bliss looks the least silly. Like, Ember Moon, her gimmick, would she would look absolutely ridiculous carrying around yeah. the Money in the Bank briefcase everywhere. Naomi would look fine, because it would basically match her crazy, <laughs> colorful outfits and and whatnot. So you, you have to factor that in. Uh, last, but certainly not least, the Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, this one's a little more telegraphed, but again, it's the WWE, so you, you, you never know. But The Miz coming in strong at minus 135. Miz is the only one you have to pay juice on if, if you're betting on this match. Braun Strowman plus 350, Samoa Joe 470, Kevin Owens 725, Finn Balor and Rusev also 725, and Bobby Roode an embarrassing long shot of 25, plus 2500 to win. So... Oof. Bobby Roode least likely to come away according to the good people of five dimes.com. Um, I I mean I, I I wanna preface this by saying that I love absolutely every single person in this in this match, and I wish nothing but great things for them going forward in their careers. But I I think for me it's it's gotta be the Miz. It's he's put in so much damn so much work, and I'm ready for him to be the,
1: the the sleazy champion on on SmackDown. Uh, what do you think, uh, BJ? Yeah, I, I think that he uh, man. I'm looking. At, I, I just keep looking at the the lineup, and I'm thinking this is probably the most stacked that their main event scene has looked in a while. Yes, I, I think the Miz makes the most sense, uh, <laughs> but I really do th- think that. I would love to see, like, again, like a dark horse. I think the whole point, the thing that makes these matches interesting, that's true for the Royal Rumble, are the dark horses in the match. I I think that it's the Miz is probably going to line up and have a feud with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, right? Like, that's, I think, where that eventually is going to go. So I don't really know if it does them any favors now to, to have him get that title run. Whereas I'd love to see Big E. Finally, get that singles push yes. that he oh, had.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, oh, I also forgot about that. There's sorry, I was looking at the uh, the money in the bank odds, and they obviously don't have that. But the eighth member is a one of the members of the New Day is supposed to be it, in this match. It has
1: enough. to be Biggie. Like yeah. uh, I would be surprised. I mean, I like I, I like everybody in this match. I like everyone in the New Day. But man, uh, they've been this is going on for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Where you've had Big E, where he was the NXT champion. He came up, he was part of Team Rocket, uh, the unofficial Team Rocket, I should say. Uh, and then, you know, floundered for a little bit, then found himself with the New Day. It would just, I, I think that he's really ready. And I think that he can hang with all these guys. You know, like, th- there is absolutely no reason why you couldn't do Bronstone and, and Big E and have that be a lot of fun. Or do some, like, Samojo does not need this. Samojo to me is out of everybody in the match the least likely to win because he doesn't need money in the bank. We already know he can hang with Brock Lesnar. So uh, he's just sort of here as a badass and a reminder that uh, he can, he's awesome. And with me, Bobby Roode, I feel like, ah, man, t- to have him continue working as a, as a good guy, as a face is, is annoying. Like, that's clearly not it's, what
0: he's... It's oh, so dumb, yeah. It's I not agree what more. he's
1: good at. Uh, you know, again, I'm an Impact guy. You know, he was the guy at Impact for a long and time.
0: It's a heel gimmick that he's got. Yeah. It's, it's a total yeah. heel gimmick. Like, I just... It, yeah.
1: You know how, it, how they the crowd's
0: it? over his theme, too. Like, his, his theme isn't getting the, the, the heat that it, it used to get, so...
1: It's just overexposure, I, I think. You know yeah. how they flipped it, though, is they do what they did with Dallas, where Bo believes in his heart that he was a good guy. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what made that character work And I feel like they should have done that Were rude, but for whatever reason uh, Just didn't execute So for me, I, I know it's probably got really long odds But uh, man, I, I'm, I mean We talked about this before I think they missed their window with Strowman I think that he's not as red hot as he was And Finn Balor, for me Has just kind of been floundering for a while now but, So I would really lo- love to see Big E Surprise this shit Plus this is no disqualification, right? Like isn't Money in the Bank no DQ?
0: I believe so, you can hit teams so, with ladders, so I can't yeah. imagine if the New Day interfered that they'll be like, Hey, let's put a stop to this match.
1: Right. <laughs> you've got so you've got you definitely have Kofi and uh, Xavier Woods at Ringside being a factor. So I think between that and, and Big E just surprising the shit out of people, that would be my pick.
0: Um Yeah, I mean the counter argument to Big E would be you've got a ladder match, you've got Kofi Kingston. Right. Right? True. You know, like that that'd be my only counter. The other counter that people have surmised on the internet, and again, I don't want to fantasy book this too much, but uh, what if it was Dean Ambrose, newest member of the New Day?
1: Uh, <laughs> something, yeah.
0: Something to think about. Now, he'd be like Owen Hart <laughs> back in the day where he would right. take out like a sore white thumb in the Nation of Domination, but
1: uh, you don't people, would
0: be, people would be What's with like- it.
1: I've seen that comparison a lot on the internet. The the nice thing, I mean, it's easy to it's, it's easy for us to the laugh at the new day
0: it. is absolutely nothing like the nation of domination yeah, other exactly. than the it fact was... that it's all the black guys in one group. So, so
1: yeah, though no, that's but what what I like about the, what people forget is that when Owen was part of the nation, he was part of the nation. Like they never there yeah. was never a point where Mark Henry or D'Lo or Ron Simmons or The Rock stopped and went hey, you're a white dude, get out. Like, they were very yeah. accepting of him, which I always really liked, and we never talk about it. So when I hear, why don't we put Dean Ambrose with the new, t- new Day, I'm like, you know what? If, if you remember, if you go back that far to, na- to the nation with Owen, it makes a ton of sense. Like, it, it could work really well. Uh, I'm not a big Dean Ambrose guy. I, I feel like he sort of had that moment, and it just passed by, and now he, he seems to be, uh, out of the three members of the S.H.I.E.L.D., the one that kind of flounders a bit to have a character and to really uh, stay consistent with the crowd. So I would like it. I think it would give him something to do, but uh, I would be disappointed, I think, if it, it was something like that and not Big E.
0: Of all the guys in this match, I <laughs> I agree with you. I think Samojo is the least likely to win. He also is the only one, well, I guess him and Braun Strowman, they don't pass the briefcase test for me, where yeah. they, they would look ridiculous carrying around the briefcase for however long they do it um what about you mac who who you what do you what are you feeling in, in the men's money in the bank
2: uh you know a guy who i haven't seen do anything diabolical in a while is kevin owens and he's supposed to be very diabolical mm-hmm. you know <laughs> a, a lover of violence and a, and a you know wrecker of things so it'd, it'd be great to see him get some you know some devastating attacks or maneuvers or uh bait and switch actions you know be a team and to betray people use that psychology um i don't really have a favorite from new day they're all great um big E is one who doesn't get as much credit as he should for being a big bruiser but they all have their own special uh reasons why they should get credit um but it's just kind of funny that he hasn't been his physicality hasn't been necessarily as lauded but lauded you know la U D -D. don't know i read it more than i say it um it hasn't been as it hasn't been as loud as the other wrestlers so i wouldn't mind seeing that but yeah uh who's actually probably gonna go over it makes sense to have the miz it makes sense to have someone who's been put who's been a workhorse like the miz and and daniel bryan was kind of right saying the miz doesn't do anything too crazy and dangerous but the miz is there every day
0: yeah And, and like the stuff with him like karate chopping pancakes and stuff and like when he went up when he when he beat up the two guys last week and then or on, on the the go home show and then he went up and he got the ladder and he was like, you know, the contract's in here and then they're like, No, it's just pancakes and he dropped to his knees like a comic book villain and was just like, Damn you, new day I was just like, Fuck, I love the Miz so goddamn much. I just want him to like I, I just I think it's time for him to be the sleazeball world title again, and and let's not forget last time Miz cashed in the money in the bank, we got one of the all time great wrestling memes of the angry ten year old girl in the crowd who was just like <laughs> that's right. yeah who was just like who just could not have hated what she was watching more <laughs> than, than anything. It was so bad, so I I that's that's a big one for me. Um, it also I'm interested to see if they change some of these odds on the fly. In terms of if, like, I'm, I'm interested to see if they'll put the briefcase on both shows. Like, if Alexa Bliss wins the it ma- wins the women's money in the ba- in the bank earlier in the night, do the odds of all the SmackDown guys then immediately go down because they're going to, because they, they think that they're going to have a briefcase one for each show, sort of you a know, thing. You know,
1: that's a that's a good one. Of the things I wanted to ask was, is the money in the bank contract cross brand?
0: No, because they've really, if you listen to it, they've really been banging home the phrase, like Corey Graves, Michael Cole, uh, all the guys in the announce team, they've been saying, you know, you win the money in the bank contract, you win a chance for your brand. Ah, okay. For your brand. They've really been banging home the phrase, your brand. I made sure to write that down in my notes. Because Mac and I were wondering that on... Friggin' round our WrestleMania pod because we both were kind of fantasy booking that Carmella would cash in on Alexa Bliss or uh, right. friggin' uh, or or Nia Jax because it again at the time we both thought Oscar was going over and it made no sense for Oscar's streak to end because Carmella cashed in on her so I just thought Carmella was gonna ca- we we thought Carmella was gonna cash in on Raw on the raw Women's champ and then head over there in, in a classic WWE twist. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately something much more horrible happened that day. But, uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. So let's just quickly, I know we already booked some of these, but let's quickly go through this. I just, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you guys to go over and then you just say the name and we'll go through the entire card. Uh, bludgeon brothers, Luke, Al's and Anderson Mack
2: uh bludgeon
0: brothers bj
1: bludgeon brothers
0: agreed sweep it uh daniel bryan big cast mac
1: uh
0: cash bj daniel bryan all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna hope for big cast seth rollins elias mac um elias uh bj elias uh sweep it i'm gonna say elias uh bobby lashley Sami Zayn, mac uh, Bobby. B.J. Has to be Bobby. Yeah, I agree. Sweep it, Bobby Lashley. Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal, B.J.
1: Uh, the the bathroom break. Bathroom break.
0: All right. <laughs> 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 the toilet is going over in your house. Yeah, the toilet uh. is
1: going over <laughs> Mac. Uh, it's
0: it
2: it would make even less sense to have Mahal so Reigns. Yeah, I agree. Reigns goes over.
0: Carmella, Oscar, B.J. Uh, Carmella. Mac? Yeah, Carmella. I agree. Sweep it. Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. Mac.
2: Nia Jax! Oh! (laughs) You
0: know, fuck it. Nia Jax.
2: (laughs) Alright. BJ.
1: Rousey.
0: I agree. Just too much goddamn money to be made. Sorry. Sorry, Nia Jax. I still love you. Uh, AJ Styles, Shinsuke, Mac.
2: Ah, Shinsuke. Uh, BJ. Shinsuke,
0: sweep it. Uh, women's Money in the Bank, Mac. Who's gonna be walking around with the briefcase?
2: Um, uh,
0: Alexa. All right, uh, BJ. I'm
1: going with Naomi.
0: Going with Naomi? I right, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my earlier Alexa Bliss, and it'll and like and the crowd will not like this one bit. Uh, <laughs> and finally, uh, Men's Money in the Bank. Who's going over, BJ? Big E. And, oh, nice. I like that. Shot in the dark. And uh, no pun intended. And <laughs> uh, Mac. I'll be surprised
2: if it ain't The Miz, so The Miz.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say The Miz, too. Um, that's it. Boy, this was fun. Uh, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossover podcast. Uh, BJ, go ahead and plug whatever you would like to plug.
1: Yeah, uh, all my stuff's at BJMendelson.com. I got comic books. I got books. Uh, my phone number is on the contact page. So if you want a free PDF copy of Social media's Bullshit, all you got to do
2: is send me a text.
0: Awesome. Uh, Mac, anything you want to say before we get out of here?
2: Uh don't drink and drive when you can smoke and fly. I don't know. <laughs> all
0: right. Well, um, it sounds like somebody got himself a catchphrase. Uh yeah, so that'll be it. Um we'll be back next week on the Crossover podcast. I think I'm going to have Craig on back here for all you sports fans out there because there's just so much crap going on with NBA free agency or potential NBA free agency and NHL free agency that I, I got a lot of I got a lot of sports hot takes I would like to get off my chest. So uh so I think I think Craig will be on next week, and, and we'll talk about some, some sports stuff for, for you guys out there. Um, Mac, BJ, thanks for doing this, you guys. And uh, probably get you guys back yep. on next time we talk a little wrestling. I don't know when. Probably SummerSlam. I, I would imagine SummerSlam will be the next time, because that's the, the next one of the big uh, big four that happens. But uh, Sweet. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, man. M- maybe CM Punk comes back and I have to put up the bat signal and we talk <laughs> <black in laughs> So we, we started we started with CM Punk and we will end on CM Punk. So uh take care everybody and we'll talk to you next time on the, so the Crossover Podcast